my son Lawrence. I don't know where he gets this rebellious spirit. I think he's mama, but um, one of his grandparents or something. But we, we've been having to get after him because he'll he'll do this thing. He, he'll be talking to an adult. He'll get frustrated and he'll raise his voice. And we've taught him, man, you don't do that. You know that you don't ever raise your voice to an adult. You know, and uh, and so we, we've had to we've had to get after him. Get at, and one of the things we tell him is this: you are not an adult. It is not your job to correct an adult. It is not your job to get loud with an adult. If there's a problem, you come see us. If there's a problem, we'll deal with it. Nine times out of ten, you're already in the wrong, so it don't even matter. But uh, go ahead, and but do not raise your voice. You know why? It's unbecoming. It's inappropriate for a child to do that. I'll just go ahead and say that again. It's not appropriate for a child to raise their voice to an adult, whether it's mine or yours or anybody. It's just not appropriate to do. Now, let me go ahead and drive your nail. It's not appropriate for a servant of the Lord to blow up on people. Now, I've been guilty of it, and you have, and we all have. I get it. I understand that. We've all been there. But it's not how we ought to be behaving. He ought to exhibit meekness. There are times you might be able to hammer someone over what they're doing, but that doesn't always mean it's the expedient thing to do. What you ought to always be asking is, how does the Lord get the most glory out of my reaction? So we see the meekness that he exhibits, and then we see the ministry he engages in, instructing those that oppose themselves. Now, if you spend any time soul winning, you'll see this. But not just in soul winning, if you spend any time in the house of God, you'll see this. People that oppose themselves. Now, is that to suggest to us that ideologically what they're saying does not line up with how they're living or, or what, how they're, you know, how they're, what they're saying does not line up with the rest of what they say they believe? No, I sort of think it's this. I think what it's saying is folks that are their own opponent, that what they're doing is destructive to themselves. And what we're trying to do is help those folks that either can't or aren't helping themselves. In other words, our goal here is not straighten somebody out, but our goal here is to show them how the way that they're living is destroying them and how their uh, life is going to be. And we're just trying to help them not destroy themselves. And that could be true on a lot of levels. That could be true as of a lost person living in sin. Certainly the way they're living is going to lead to their destruction. But even when a person's out of the will of God, even when a person lets bitterness grip their heart, even when a person lets anger take control of their spirit, whatever it might be, they're doing something that is destructive to themselves. And our goal is not to show how right we are. Our goal is not to show other people how good we are relative to that person. Our goal is not to have a cathartic moment by blasting them. That's not our goal. Our goal is to try to help them see that what they're doing is hurting themselves. So I see the discipline of the servant of the Lord. And we need discipline, personal discipline. But then finally, and I'll close with this, I see the desire of the servant of the Lord. Look at the end of verse 25. It says, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Now, if I really was going to preach that the way that I'd want to, if I was going to preach it to where when I walked away from it, I'd say, now I preached that. It'd take me several hours. And so instead, I'm going to have to just notice something. Will you notice it with me? And it's the word will. In verse 25, it says, if peradventure, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging the truth. You know what that tells me? It tells me what the will of God is. God doesn't want to throw them away. God wants them to repent to the acknowledging of the truth. That's the will of God. That's what He desires. But then we find it again in verse 26, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by Him at His will. 
So what is the desire of the servant of the Lord? Well, I'll tell you what it should be. Number one, it ought to be to perform the will of the Almighty. Now, this is very simple, and you would have already aced the test if I gave it to you and never said a thing about this. But let me just remind you, the whole reason since you got born again, the reason you draw breath is to do the will of God. You're not here for you. You're not here for me. You're not here for Walrick. You're here for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in that, you may do things that please and help and encourage me. You may do things that are a blessing to our church. You may do things that are a ministry to other people. But at the end of the day, if you're serving any of those entities, you're going to find you won't be a very effective servant and you won't be a servant very long. But if what you do, you can do as unto the Lord and not unto men. You'll find you'll be the kind of servant that God needs you to be. In other words, what we ought to be doing is performing the will of the Almighty. But then there's a second side to that. There's a flip side to every coin. What's the other side? To prevent the will of the adversary. In in other words, the devil has these people ensnared. They're taken captive by him at his will. Now, that's not to suggest that they have not willingly done this. But it is to say that whether they've willingly done it or not, Satan has a will and a plan and a desire that he's exercising in their life. So the other side of that coin is this. Man, we ain't just trying to serve the Lord. We're trying to beat up on the devil too. We're trying to make sure that the devil does not have his will and his way in people's lives. That's what God has called us to. And particularly, remember, in this circumstance, in this context, Paul is talking to Timothy, who's a pastor, who is investing and pouring his life into ministering the truth of the Word of God into the lives of his flock. But as we apply it to our life, whatever our circumstance and situation may be, we need to understand that our responsibility is to glorify Christ by pouring the truth of the Word of God into the lives of others and trying to help them to look more like Christ and to live more in, in harmony with His will and with His desire for their life. The devil wants to destroy people. God wants to deliver people. And it's our job as a servant of the Lord to be like that sanctified vessel, the empty cup in the Master's hand to be used in His way, in His in His manner, for His glory and for His will. So that's what we ought to be. We ought to be a servant of the Lord. Let's bow together tonight as a musician comes to the piano. I want to give you the opportunity to uh, speak with the Lord tonight. You can do that at the altar if that's where God wants you to be, then that's where I want you to be. Uh, but wherever that God gives you liberty to be, I want you to deal with the Lord tonight. I would imagine all of us ought to commit to be a better servant of the Lord. I know I need to be in my life. And I hope that tonight you've yielded to the Lord in whatever areas of your life He may have dealt with you about. Father, I love you. I thank you for the truth of your word. Bless this invitation. We ask it in Jesus' name.